What's going on my self-improvement friends? It is Brian Ford with Self-Improvement Daily. Take ownership of your personal development one tip at a time. I am really excited to share this one. It is time for another self-improvement sit down. As much as I enjoy the daily two minute personal development tips I usually share on the podcast, these longer conversations have a special place in my heart. It's an absolute privilege to bring on world leading guests and have them share about their expertise. And like the two minute tips, I think we do a good job of staying on task and covering the most important parts. I'd be curious to learn if you agree. Feel free to reach out on Instagram at self.improvement.daily or email me at selfimprovementdailytips at gmail.com. Anyway, you don't want to hear me. Let's get to the interview. Self-improvement sit down number 10 with today's guest, Dr. Jen Esker. And we are live. What a privilege it is to speak with today's guest. Her name is Dr. Jen Esker. She is a doctor in physical therapy and a self-made entrepreneur who is known for promoting health through mobility and whole body therapy. Doc Jen has done an amazing job growing a following on Instagram. Her handle is at DocJenFit, where she is probably best known for her impressive handstands and calisthenics. She is the creator of the Mobility Method and the Optimal Body Programs, where she has helped thousands of people regain quality of life through proper functional movement. She's an absolute expert when it comes to mind, body, and holistic health, and I can't wait to get into it. Jen, thank you so much for being with us to share today. Oh, thank you for having me. Quite the intro. <laughs> <laughs> That's what people say. For some reason, I guess I just get excited about my guests and everyone's always like, man, what an intro. I was like, well, you deserve it. Um, I appreciate it. <laughs> of course, of course. Full disclosure. So everything we're about to talk about is especially interesting to me because it kind of challenges my worldview a little bit. I come from athletics. I kind of have a certain idea about health and kind of my understanding of health. So I think it's going to be a really productive conversation for me and everyone else to kind of attack it from that angle a little bit. So if there are some tough or unique questions, just know that's kind of where it's coming from. You know, I just say that to preface it. Yeah, but I'm all for that. <laughs> absolutely. And I'm sure you're going to totally trump me in the way that you can answer my questions, which is awesome. But uh, yeah, I'd first like to just kind of hear more about your philosophy on mobility and kind of the value in power that exists within mobility? And how does that supersede other exercise types? And, and why is that best for your body, in your opinion? You know, I, I don't necessarily think it's like better than something else or anything like that. I just like to bring people back into the awareness of it. Because I think it's something that often gets overlooked. And it's like, if you're a baby, it's literally a developmental milestone to be able to put your toes in your mouth at about five months old before we even start to crawl or pattern movement patterns with crawling and standing and walking and all these other things that would require more strength and, and motor control. So even before we start patterning, before we start building a motor awareness within that strength, we're using that mobility by pulling our feet to our mouth and not that anyone needs to be doing that nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> it's still, it's, if we look back at it, it's a, it's a developmental milestone. So anything that you want to build upon, whether that's strength, whether you want to look a certain way for aesthetics, or you just want to live longer and you want to move your body. I would say the one thing that we get to be mindful for is making sure that our foundation is solid, which would be can you move into that position 
actively without load, without any weight on it, then can you then load and add strength and patterning and different skill onto it? That's amazing. And that's that's exactly the goal. But what's so fascinating to me is that society doesn't have us designed to really exercise that. You know, like we sit at desks and we do all of these different motions and things that are just part of our life that don't really enable our mobility. I mean, how do, how do you usually coach people through that? Like, how do you encourage mobility um, on a daily basis when people are surrounded by things that restrict their mobility? Well, I think it's also becoming aware of the times that we get to use our mobility because we usually won't notice that it's even something that we have the opportunity of having until it's gone. Like until your shoulder is a frozen shoulder and you can't reach up the highest cupboard to pull something down, then you won't even realize that you don't have that mobility anymore. It's like an appreciation for it, like a celebration of it. Wow. Okay. Yes, because until you can't bend down to pick that thing up off the floor because your back's going to get thrown out, like we don't realize how much we have it before until we lose it. And that's usually when it becomes more important. My goal is to get people back into the appreciation of what you do have right now and how much it actually is a part of your everyday life. Though, yes, we are unfortunately, especially in modern America, designed to sit at a stationary desk for eight hours a day or more and only put your hips at 90 degrees when you're sitting at a chair on the couch in a car, (laughs) all these other places, you know, rather than sitting in our full range of motion with our knees, ankles, and hips going into full compression or even, you know, getting a full extension plus for our upper bodies and and our shoulder flexion. But at the same time, we do use our body in all these different positions that we don't even realize until it's gone. And so Mm. it's getting back into the reality of, okay, I want to maintain this and still be able to perform, still be able to work out, still be able to do these things and not build up injury over time or know that I'm going to have a grandkid down the road and I want to be able to bend down and pick them up and play with them on the floor and, and actually be active with my family as things continue to progress. So it's like, it's, taking appreciation for what you have now in order for you to understand why would you even start to add it in? Because the thing is, I can talk all day long and show you how to do all of the exercises, but until you understand why it would be important in your body, no shot you would add that in. So I don't waste my time really teaching a lot of mobility classes. Like you can buy my program and if you find the worth within why you would why you would want it, then you would start to dive in. But me just going around and showing you how would honestly be like pointless for me and for you. Because anyone can show you how, but unless you understand why it's going to be important. So unless you understand and take appreciation for what you have now and understand that me moving into this on a daily basis is literally the longevity of my life, is literally my opportunity to play with my grandkids one day, to be able to bend down and pick things up, to not have braces and canes and things that will restrict my ability just to move when I get older. That, that's such a good point, just coming back to the appreciation of what your body can do. I mean, it basically, it's just mindfulness, you know, being mindful mm-hmm. of the, the blessings and kind of the current situation that you have, because it can be taken so quickly. And I'm sure you deal with a lot of people where that's happened. But what's so interesting, too, is what that ends up turning into is this new awareness and mindfulness for the range of motion and the ability that you have. 
that then converts into being proactive about maintaining it. So there is that kind of mental aspect to it where you want to, once you acknowledge that you have this capability, you want to retain it. And it, it does require that gratitude and appreciation to know that you have it in the first place to then pursue things like your mobility method program that's going to then sustain it and foster it in the future. You know, there needs to be some kind of trigger. And I think appreciation and mindfulness could be that trigger. Uh, something I also want to kind of get you to touch on is just mm -hmm. your general philosophy about healing and how movement is such a vital tool when it comes to healing. Because that first point was about like, oh yeah, celebration and let's get more out of our bodies. Let's kind of pursue our physical potential. Mm -hmm. But then let's say you're not at your physical potential. Movement is still a key factor in returning to that physical potential. So I mean, how does movement help in the healing process? I mean, there are studies after studies that show um, just in general how much our mind and body is connected. And really, we're not going to get feedback up into our brain and start to change even chemicals that are released and different things unless we are moving within our body. And you're not going to have your intestines working the way that they should. You're not going to have fluids moving through the body the way that they should unless you're moving. And so all of a sudden, you're going to be left with brain fog. You're going to be left with, with plaques that could build up even in the brain, in the fatty tissue. You're going to be left with a lot of other scary things, which I don't like to use fear, but it's just the reality of it unless mm -hmm. we're moving. And it doesn't have to be the heavy workout every single day. Um, do you want to sweat and release some toxins that way? Sure, of course. And it feels good. Uh, but even just walking, can you get up during your lunch break and, and do a 30 minute walk rather than just sitting more? after you've already been sitting all day. Yeah. Like how can you add in? And I like to always use that aspect instead of like, what are you taking away for your day to add in? But what can you just add in throughout your day? And that's where I go back with mobility as well, rather than, okay, let me carve out an hour that I have to then add in a whole mobility routine because quite frankly, I would not add in an hour a day. <laughs> like that is not reality in my life. So how can I show you and, show you into your own body how you literally can just pick and choose a few exercises that work well that are needed and necessary for your own body and you do it once before you get out of bed another before you work out another after you work out another before you're going to go to bed and all of a sudden you have you know this full mobility routine that maybe takes 10 to 15 minutes, but got broken up into one to two minutes all throughout the day. And so how could you just start by sprinkling in these little things that are necessary for your body? Because it is also about the consistency over time mm. rather than once a week. Once a week, like, would you brush your teeth once a week? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> and expect not to have cavities or root canals or other things that are needed to happen. You know, mm -hmm. you brush your teeth every day, twice a day, and floss and do other things in order to take care of your, your dental health. So what if we started to address our bodies in the same way? It's, it's such a good point because, I mean, if you think about what we were talking about earlier, where you don't know what you have until it's gone. I mean, it's the same with your dental hygiene. You know, once your teeth start getting all messed up and and you start really having health issues because of it, you're like, oh shoot, I should have been brushing my teeth, you know? So it's yeah. like having, it's it's about having mindfulness and appreciation for the action, knowing that, you know, having faith and kind of like surrendering to that process that it's going to deliver the results you're looking for. No, that's mm -hmm. beautiful. So it sounds like mobility almost jumpstarts your metabolism or your body's natural 
defense pattern or just kind of the natural systems your body has, you know, just to really stimulate that, that growth and healing. Uh, because I mean, that's what I guess humans have done their entire life. So why would it be any different now? No, that's a, it's a really beautiful philosophy. Um, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And just to move like our joints and our muscles, like it's literally pumping fluids through. And if we like the fad that goes around a lot right now, as well as like, you know, your fascia gets stuck or you get scar tissue or you get, you know, we need to break up things and we need to hammer into things when really we just need things to move better, which, which happens from like, if we move our lymph through our body, which also helps to clear out toxins, making sure that we're not building up edema or swelling within any places, um, we need to be pumping through our joints. So just movement in general is going to help to move that system. But then the other thing that happens as well is that our fascia, like there's layers to your fascia. There's right superficially underneath the skin. There's the fascia that overlines your, your muscles and your organs. And it's just this these layers of connective tissue that all kind of run together as well. So it's hard to even call them layers per se. But they need slide and glide between them. So rather than just hammering in, which is just a pressure force that, that is talking to our brain, we actually need the ability to get this sliding action between the fascia so that it can move, so that things have room to breathe and have the access to mobility even. So that's done through making sure that we get enough nutrients within our diet. That's done making sure that we have sleep, that we're getting enough water, that we're pumping our fluids throughout our body through movement, and that we're really utilizing the breath to tap into different autonomic systems, making sure that we really tap into that that parasympathetic, that rest, relax, so that our intestines can move the way and process and digest the way that they need to be so that we're not having as much inflammation within our body so that we can actually get into mobility and ranges of motion that your body can access if we actually start to just move better and get our environment and everything within our body better that's really where it comes down to healing as well and we don't realize too like our nerves take on inflammation And that inflammation is what's actually talking to your brain and telling you that you have pain or sending signals and shooting and radiating signals down into your body. So it's just your body's way of saying, hey, like as a whole, we're not functioning well. And that could be we're not gliding very well through the system. There's a buildup of inflammation based on the foods that you're putting, not getting enough sleep again, or you're just not moving in general very well or your breathing is in this like really high chest breathing and you're building up this sympathetic tone, which is telling your body it needs to be on guard all the time. So, I mean, obviously (laughs) that's a lot of information, sorry. And we can unpack all of that even deeper, but but ultimate movement is your key to lessening pain, moving into your body and and really truly healing, just like you were saying. No, I mean, it is a lot of information, but you touched exactly <laughs> on what I wanted to ask about. Like the part I'm most, fa- like my favorite part of my preparation for this, uh, you totally referenced. But I mean, what you kind of did with all that information is you just shared how holistic the healing process is. Like, yes, mobility is important, but it also requires that you have a, 
a high functioning immune system and your inflammation is reduced and you're in the right even mental state, you know, just like it really is a holistic process. Mm -hmm. But the two things in particular that you reference that, yes, we're going to dive deeper into it. And this is probably for selfish reasons because I'm fascinated to learn more about it. <laughs> but but you are you speak a lot about the power of the breath and how the sympathetic and parasympathetic states are affected by the type of breathing you choose. And then also you reference like lymph work. And I know that you have one technique under the rib cages and kind of in different parts of your body. You mind just kind of walking walking us through and maybe giving us an exercise of how to get the most out of our breath so that we're in that parasympathetic state and just the importance of being familiar with our lymph system and making sure it's functioning properly. Yeah, totally. Um, so in general, we have our nervous system, which has the autonomic nervous system. And that nervous system is supposed to be automatic. Like we're not mm -hmm. really thinking about it. We can't really control it. But the reality is we actually do have a lot more control over it than we thought we did. So there's something called the vagus nerve, which innervates our respiratory system, so our, our diaphragm. And that is literally necessary so that we can continue to live. <laughs> so, <laughs> But what's amazing about the vagus nerve, even though it's part of that automatic system, that autonomic nervous system that dictates the parasympathetic or the sympathetic we actually know that we have a little bit more control than we thought we did, where yes, it will flare up in times of like a scary event or someone scared you or a cheetah's chasing you or whatever it is. Right. Yes, it will automatically go on and your body will respond in certain ways. Just like if you go get a massage and you're allowing yourself to actually be completely relaxed, your body also goes into this completely relaxed state automatically on its own. So there are these different states that automatically happen, but we actually have the ability to also dictate them and have a little bit more control and responsibility within these reactions as well, which I think is a really cool thing and empowering for us to be able to take on. So if we think about a breath cycle, there's, um, and this I learned from Jill Miller, who's like the fascia queen. She's amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, but we have the inhalation state and the exhalation state. So it's a really easy way to just look at like a breath cycle. Okay. I inhale and I exhale, right? Well, that inhalation phase, even if you were to hold your breath after that inhalation phase, that's your, think about it like your sympathetic, that, that fight, flight, freeze response where mm. your exhalation state or even holding after your exhalation state is more of that parasympathetic rest, relax, digest state. So even when people say, okay, take a deep breath, the main thing that we usually focus on when we're taking a deep breath is the inhalation. Mm -hmm. We're not even focusing on the exhalation, which is the parasympathetic system. Because that inhalation is like someone scares you, someone chases you, you take a deep inhale and you kind of hold it. Yeah. Well, when you do that, you're also releasing adrenaline, releasing cortisol. We're, we're prepping the body for being in a state of like protection. Like, oh no, mm -hmm. something terrible is happening. I need to guard itself. So it increases that inflammatory rate that's, or the inflammatory response all throughout our body so that it can go be prepared for anything that might happen. It increases the tension in your muscles. Um, so it kind of responds in that like 
that spasming type state and it makes you tighter in general. Like think about it when someone scares you, automatically the arms usually get tighter into your side and you're usually like in protection mode against your heart. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is your body is used to going into that. That's an autonomic response. But now if I'm focusing on only my inhalation and I'm taking really I'm I'm like hyper breathing and I'm using a lot of inhalation or I'm I'm holding in an in, in inhalation inhalated phase where I'm lifting in my chest, I'm lifting in my shoulders, I'm focusing on that inhalation a lot, then I'm staying in that sympathetic response. And my body doesn't know the difference between it needs to protect itself because a cheetah is chasing it, or I'm just in really high stress because my boss needs all these things done and I have kids at home that are yelling and screaming and I have all these other things that are happening. I don't have time, blah, blah, blah. Like that state is almost the same. So your Mm -hmm. body's going to respond the same. So that's where that you get those inflammatory markers shooting up within the body and it can slow down your, your ability to digest. It can slow down your ability to heal even and to be able to go through the normal processes that our body needs. But now if we can tap into that exhalation phase more often throughout the day or even catch ourselves when we're like kind of shoulders are raised and we're breathing up and down from our chest, if we can catch ourselves in those states more often and say, okay, how can I get out of this? And how can I actually focus on a deeper and longer exhale and a shorter inhale? Then we can start to shift. And we can start to stimulate that vagus nerve so that it turns on and and activates that parasympathetic system. So it's the ability to turn on that parasympathetic system even when we're in a state of stress because that's going to help to lower those inflammatory markers, lower that sensitivity to pain, um, and really just get us feeling in our bodies and moving so much better. Yeah, it sounds like that's the body's preferred state is the rest and digest. I mean, and and that's such a an awesome point actually. Um, when I was in school, I took this health psychology class, and we read this book called "Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers," which is because mm-hmm. zebras don't have the stress of the day to day that a man does. And and it's funny because we create all of these situations in our life that seem life-threatening, or at least they activate that life-threatening evolutionary response, our sympathetic yeah. nervous system. And it creates all these health problems because they're they're man-made problems, which is you know so fascinating that we actually are, even though we're a cognitive human, we're we're compromising our health in the way that we exist in culture. And that, you know, zebras don't get ulcers because they only run away from cheetahs. That's all they worry about, you know? <laughs> so so really getting into our parasympathetic state, which is that preferred state, I think is super valuable. And then I didn't realize that breathing played such a large role in it. So really fascinating uh, to learn about. And and something I think is equally fascinating is the lymph system and how we yeah. can really how we can really flush inflammation and be intentional about some exercises. I've been trying to do them in the morning after my uh, after my gratitude journaling, just to touch those oh, the, the lymph spots. But yeah, can you Good. can you speak to us a little bit about that and kind of what lymph work can do? Yeah. So like I I, I said before, with just getting our fluids moving better throughout our body is going to actually help to um, clear out toxins, decrease that inflammatory response, and really help our bodies to just be able to move and feel better. So in Mm. general, it's just going to help you really feel better. So there's actually points within our body where the 
the lymphatic system and the nervous system cross. And so it's like those nerves and the, and the lymph kind of cross together. And if we kind of stimulate that just by doing some gentle like rubbing in certain areas, we can actually get more of that lymph moving. And we talk to our nervous system and we kind of get it to calm down. Because ultimately, and this is what I like to tell people a lot too, like any kind of touch, any kind of stimulation that we do on the body is actually talking to our nervous system. So going to get a massage, even a, an adjustment that you get at the chiropractic office, like those are all talking to our nervous system and telling our nervous system to calm down and that it doesn't need to be, you know, so heightened. It does it it can relax. <laughs> so it's almost that permission by giving that stimulation. And we have right underneath the skin, we have what are called mechanoreceptors. And these receptors, um, they respond to touch, pressure, vibration, and heat. So if you think about it, like hot stones on the back or heat, heating up of cupping, um, even heating up of the pressure of touch that I, you might get when someone's rubbing on you for a while. Um, a lot of the vibration uh, tools that are out on the market now, like that add that constant compression, like the Theragun or the Hypervolt or the vibrating foam rollers. Um, those are all great, but the, in reality, it's not that they're breaking up scar tissue. They're adding you know, stimulation to our nervous system to tell our nervous system to calm down. So if if we can tap into that on our own and actually bonus, like it affect the lymph as well, then we get our fluids moving even better within that vibration touch as well. So it's kind of cool. So if we start to understand where these points of our body are, we can get a lot of things moving a lot better internally. And it's like, it's kind of like the person who's like, I'm chronically tight. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I can foam roll, I can stretch all day, but I'll never be able to touch my toes. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's the person that we really get to look into the nervous system then and see how your nervous system is keeping you on guard. Um, because I guarantee that's probably one of the number one things that's actually holding you back rather than the proper technique. So we have many spots on the body where they cross, but the three that, you know, kind of goes back to our core, which is our which is our, you know, our trunk is going to be right underneath the rib cage. So actually being able to take your fingers and kind of get underneath the rib cage and kind of wiggle the and and almost vibrate, you can say, the fingers. That's underneath. not very pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you want to go light because some people will feel very sensitive. Again, your yeah, nerves and no your kidding. lymphatic system are right there. So go light. This is not about like digging to like, you know, force something to happen. Again, we're not breaking up any fascia or anything. So mm -hmm. go light. Um, you want to be able to feel it. And if you're new to this, you definitely will. <laughs> so kind of going underneath the rib cage, um, but you can do one side at a time. And, and the focus again is on the breath. So if you're so tense because you're like, oh my God, this is hurting. It's kind of not doing the purpose. The purpose within this is so that you can get into that relaxation phase, get into that parasympathetic and allow the nervous system to calm down, allow the lymph to move better. So it's really about, okay, shorter inhales, long, slow exhales. So that's really what you want to focus on, focusing on breathing from that low rib cage area, right where you're kind of digging under because that's where the diaphragm is and really focusing on the expansion 
from that rib cage rather than the elevation of your shoulders. So a slow mm. inhale really comes from that expansion of the low rib cage and the exhale is the compression then of that rib cage. So that's really where we want to be focusing the breath. So that's one point. The other point is directly on the sternum. So kind of taking like your knuckles and kind of rubbing right on the sternum. Again, not a pleasant place. And people are like, why are you rubbing on bone? But then think about it, rub your elbow, which is also bone. And it probably feels different. <laughs> it probably mm-hmm. doesn't feel as tender as your sternum. And the reason mm-hmm. is because, again, you have those nerves crossing where the lymph is. Um, and then the third place that's a good place to kind of start rubbing under it as well is underneath the collarbones. So, again, just taking those fingers and kind of getting up and under the collarbone and just wiggling back and forth along that entire area. Focusing on the breath, long exhales, relaxing in your body, and only about 30 seconds in each place is all you need. This will, again, start to decrease the tension within that nervous system, get fluids moving, get and, and just get you feeling better within your body. You just taught a massive lesson. That is so cool. I mean, I, I pride myself on kind of being an athlete my whole life and being pretty familiar with the operations of my body. And I'd never considered how something like that could affect me. And it's, it's, it's just fascinating to, to know that we're capable of talking to our nervous system like that. I mean, that's what you, I mean, that's what you said, kind of lymph palpation is just about getting in touch with the nervous system and letting it do its thing because your body knows what to do once you kind of can access it. Um, which I think is a, a perfect transition into where I want to take it next. Um, which is, just the importance of listening to the body and that the body does know the body knows best. Uh, I know that you're a huge proponent of, you know, not only listening to your own body, but as a clinician, listening to your patient's bodies, because that is really kind of the wealth of information that is, you know, kind of holds the key to uh, the healing potential of your body. Um, Mm -hmm. But I mean, kind of what ways can we be more intentional or kind of take moments to really listen to what our body's telling us so that we can recover and and kind of get more out of our lives. Yeah. Um, any kind of signal that your body is telling you, it's just kind of, it's just talking to you. And so I think going back to what we were talking about in the very beginning too, is taking appreciation and gratitude for every signal that your body is telling you. So hmm. Even if it's pain, <laughs> pain is actually a beautiful thing. It's a great thing. And I like people to get back into that concept and that mindset that pain is good. If I don't experience pain, then I don't know when there's breakdown in my body. I don't know when something else or something worse could be going on. I don't know if it is referred from an organ or something else that I, so your body ability to feel pain is actually a beautiful thing. And it's an alarm system that we get to take appreciation of. Because what usually happens when I'm working with clients is that you're driving up into that sympathetic system because all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, I have pain. The pain won't go away. Why is this here? I don't have time for this. All right. Apologize, everybody. So Jen was just so on fire with her last response that she actually broke the feed. So we have her back now. Um, I'm sorry for the interruption, but we were talking about the role that pain plays and how we need to appreciate that because it's a signal. Jen, you want to pick up wherever you left off if you can remember? Yeah, I was on a rant. So we'll see if I can (laughs) remember all of it. So bummed I missed it. Um, 
<laughs> we'll go back into it. Don't worry. Um, yeah. So basically when it comes to pain and it's a beautiful signal that we get to listen to because if we didn't have it, you know, it, we don't know when something else is going on or when something's in breakdown or when it could be referred from an organ. We just, we don't know without that pain signal. We don't know what we're neglecting. Are we not putting enough nutrients, getting enough sleep, you know, whatever it may be, getting enough movement, feeling restricted in mobility, not having the correct strength. We don't know unless we have that signal. And so it's a beautiful thing to be able to recognize and appreciate within the body. And that's one of the main places that I take clients back to is getting them out of this stress level of pain. Because when we're usually just like, oh my God, I don't have time. I can't do this. You know, it's this high anxiety. Your body is automatically locking up, putting more cortisol, all of those things. Rather than, and when you're in pain, the other thing that happens too is that typically we're focusing on all the things I no longer can do. So it's, I can't do this. I'm not able to do this. I, you know, it's this constant negativity still that we don't even realize that we're putting in our body. I don't have time. Why is this happening? I can't do this anymore. I can't go work out. I can't go do the things I want to do. And it's this constant heaviness. And we don't acknowledge what we're actually still able to do okay, well, maybe right now, you know, you can't jump out of bed, but could you still roll out of bed and stand and walk? Could you still go to your job? Could you still be able to take care of yourself, bathe yourself, make food? A lot of people don't have the ability to do that. So what is the things that you still can do? Do you still have another arm? (laughs) Do you still have another leg that's working? And Maybe even looking into, oh, but my body does have the ability to heal. This isn't something that is detrimental for life. This is now something that I get to understand and learn from. So it's being in that, again, going back to that appreciation rather than tearing down. Because once we start tearing down, we build up all that cortisol, that stress, that that anxiety, that um, inflammation within the body, which just doesn't help you to heal. And so that's one of the main places that I like to go through. And then it's also working on like, okay, let's restructure the way that we're, we're talking to ourselves in general. Because when it's like, I have to go to physical therapy, I have to do my exercises, I have to go pick up my kids. I have to go clean up after my dog. I have to, I have to, I have to. It's a super heavy place to be. Mm -hmm. And I take people through this with like, think about your everyday. Like, what do you have to do? And it's exhausting. It's stressful. It's, (laughs) it's overwhelming at times when you think about like, oh my gosh, in a typical day, like the things that I have to get done is, is I don't want to do it. I'd rather sleep, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know, cause it's just, it's very overwhelming. So instead, rather than thinking of all the things you have to do, building up that inflammation, that stress, that anxiety, and creating that heaviness in the body that usually just like are automatically out of alignment and hunched over, what if you started to say, well, I get to go to therapy so that I can start to learn about my body. I get to, you know do these exercises that I can start to see how my body can transform. I get to start picking, I get to pick my kids up from work and see how they're doing throughout the day. I get to take care of my dog and clean up after because I have an adorable dog. I get to go to work (laughs) because I have the ability to have a job that other people don't have. I have Mm -hmm. the ability to take care of people around me. Like, so when we start to think about what I get to do and why, 
and the gratitude behind it, it changes even how you are responding within your body. It lit- like literally, I've done this with so many people and it's it's just this uplifting thing. So it's something I take people back into as well. Like, okay, let's restructure even the way that we're talking about our day, the way that we're talking about our bodies, the way that we're viewing having to come see me <laughs> instead of getting to come see me, the opportunity to learn about your body, to increase your awareness and start to see what else is possible within your body to see how resilient your body can actually be. So if we start to restructure the way that we are talking to ourselves and acknowledging our pain, I guarantee that that healing process is one going to be much more enjoyable. (laughs) You're probably going to follow through with a lot more of the exercises because you're actually empowered to, and your body is not going to be, you, you might even walk out that one day and be out of pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that um, that was loaded. I have a couple things I want to go back to. So first, just kind of an, yeah. ex- an example, uh, actually, that I kind of just realized based on what you explained, kind of like listening to your body. Um, when I was a student athlete, I had a sports hernia and I actually had my best season. And I knew I had a sports hernia. I was just kind of like biting the bullet and getting through the season. And I took two weeks mm-hmm. off and tried to play. And then immediately my body was like, nope, you cannot run. And I needed surgery, yeah. but it's just, you know, it's like, I took that sign and I listened to it and I was like, yes, you are right. I need to, I need to correct this and I need to be more fair on my body because right now it's not, it's not ready for the demand that I want to put it on. So yeah. I really, I really can even, you know, now realize how important listening to your body is. I might not have been able to articulate that before, but I appreciate that. But the huge point here and kind of what you spent the the end of that on was just restructuring the way that you talk about things. I mean, yes, I, I share tips all the time about like you have to versus you get to. I mean, that's such a powerful mm-hmm. distinction to make. But then yeah. also think about the limiting beliefs that you have in your vocabulary. You know, something that you mentioned earlier was like, oh, I am just like, I am just chronically tight. You know, that's something that people yeah. come in with. Well, if you believe it, you will be, yep. you yeah. know? So it's like, and exactly. then you're also saying like, oh, I have like I have a family history of this, you know, like you're telling yeah. yourself you do, so you're going yep. to, you know, so it's like we have we have so much power between our ears to really control what our body's capable of. And that's that's kind of the beautiful part of this holistic body approach. It's the mind body connection. It's all the systems working in conjunction. It's just really a beautiful thing. And I mean, you're the one that's kind of putting all the pieces together and sharing it with the world, which is amazing. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. And then kind of the last part of the perspective too was like, you know, the appreciation of what you have of, man, I get, you know, I get to see Doc Jen today. It's like, there's one great example of someone who's in a wheelchair and someone's like, oh man, I'm so sorry you have a wheelchair. And the person responds, what are you talking about? Without my wheelchair, I'd be in a bed all day. Like my Mm -hmm. wheelchair is my vehicle to go do everything I want to do. You know, it's just like, there's so much control in the way that we can shape our reality just by the words that we tell ourselves. And I guess it's no different with our body, which makes a ton of sense, but yep. I've never kind of yep. thought of it in that way. Oh okay. yeah, it's everything. It is everything. So I'd love to touch on the two programs that you have. So the mobility method and the optimal body kind of first, what was the inspiration behind them? And what really is it made up of and kind of what results have you seen and, and how can people begin incorporating some of the thoughts that you've clearly shared today, but also the thoughts that are in that program and how they can get more out of their mind and body and kind of get back to the things that make them happy. Yeah. So the mobility method was really born out of, you know, this realizing that there's only so much I can 
do through social media and how how much am I actually helping? Who's actually seeing my stuff? If they implement a random video, would that even be the thing that is needed to help them? So it was really this like wanting to create something that people can actually take away and be tangible within their lives and something they can come back to and rely on and learn from and just continue to increase and improve their awareness within their bodies. So the mobility method takes you through a whole self-assessment and it's the, the ability to be able to say, okay, no matter what diagnosis, pains or aches I have within my body, I'm going to examine from head to toe and understand that it's all connected. <laughs> and even like my big toe being restricted can have a, a role and a play all the way up to my shoulder. And so that's what getting people out of this idea of like, my back hurts, what do I do for my back? My shoulder hurts, what do I do for my shoulder? But instead, understanding that it's all connected there's no one size fits all for any diagnosis. A diagnosis only confirms a symptom. It doesn't tell me how to actually treat you to the root cause. Hmm. And if you actually start to address the body as a whole, then you can start to learn how it goes together as a whole. So it's it's your ability to go in, self-assess your own body, and learn the tools necessary to create a program that would work for you. I couldn't like create, you know, the 12 weeks to better mobility because it wouldn't be something I believed in. For me, I believe it is individual and your body is beautifully individual and you get to treat it as such. And, and just in getting that awareness back into, it doesn't have to be this fancy, complicated thing that's on Instagram either. It can be made up mm -hmm. of just simple things that you implement at various times throughout the day. And if you can start to do that, you can start to truly open up your body and just learn so much more. I love that you touched on that and you kind of brought it full circle when we we're talking about pain and just speaking to the body and having appreciation. It's just like, because the, mo the mobility method is designed to really let you tap into your body. So you know exactly what it's telling you and you know how, what is going to be unique for you to improve and get more out of it. And I love the kind of, I love the way that you, you speak about diagnosis. You know, it's diagnosis is, it's something that we all want to hear. Cause it's like, oh, I want to be able to point yeah. at that. Like, that's what's wrong with me. But that yeah. doesn't tell you anything. Like that just tells you, like you can, you can have back pain and it can be a herniated disc, but it's like, okay, why do you have a herniated disc? You know? So it's exactly. like, so I, yeah. I think the mobility method, I mean, that sounds like a great resource. Um, perhaps I will look into it myself because I think that's something I can benefit <laughs> from. Yeah. And yeah, get my flexibility yeah. back a little bit too. But no, okay. So this has been absolutely jam packed with value. I really appreciate it. I mean, you really live up to it. You know, you're doc gen fit, you have a following for a reason because you just, I mean, have so much value in everything that you're doing. So I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Thank you. If there's one, if there's one thing that I guess kind of summarizes or that's the big takeaway of everything that we covered today that you just want people to leave this conversation with? What, what's kind of the, the big resounding point that you like sharing? The main thing is that in conversation, we usually, you know, listen to what other people have to say all the time. But the one thing that we're neglecting is knowing that you're worthy to listen to as well. Mm -hmm and taking the time to listen to your own body. So forgetting everything else everyone else has put on you, 
based on genetics, because through epigenetics, we know that we have the ability to change the function of genes through whatever your doctor told you you can or cannot do, or anything else that you've told yourself. Just by listening to what your body has to tell you, you have the ability to change and adapt your state. It's amazing. And I see that, I mean, that just general philosophy of kind of being fair and observant. I mean, that applies also to your mentality, you know, like expectations that you set for others are probably much more reasonable than the expectations you set for yourself. You know, that's just a general philosophy that we can really live by and just be more fair on ourselves, gives ourselves more credit to the accomplishments that we have and just kind of move forward and do the things we need to do. So Jen, Jen, thank you so much for coming on. I'm I can't wait to see what the future holds for you and everything that you're doing. I'm really impressed and really inspired. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Did I tell you or what? Jen totally killed it. And I love the overarching theme of the conversation. Health is holistic. And when it comes to healing ourselves, we need to take a few extra steps back to identify the root cause and address it at the source. We talked about some of the ways we can do that, which includes breathing exercises, lymph massages, proactively adding mobility to your life, and having a general appreciation for the blessing that is your body. Again, her name is Dr. Jen Esker. Esker is spelled E-S-Q-U-E-R. And this is just the beginning of the contribution her message can make in your life. I highly encourage you to learn more about her on her Instagram account at docjenfit. And she actually has a seven-day mobility challenge going on that she'd love for you to give a try. You can learn more about that at www.docgenfit.com challenge. Shoot, do we really have to wait a few weeks for the next interview? Well, it's all good because I've got some truly amazing guests lined up and I can't wait for you to learn more from them. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. But for now... Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. I really hope you enjoyed it. I'll see you next time on Self-Improvement Daily.